0: If you do it right, you can create a lot of additional income and a lot of additional value in your self-storage facility by having the right add-on revenue streams. Let's talk about that today and I'll give you an example of a real project that we just sold that had those streams and we'll take a look at it. My name is Mark Helm, I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage. And I'm the creator of the Quick Start Academy, which houses the on demand self storage bootcamp. That is the training that will take you from wherever you are all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility into service. I show you the four-phase process that we use. You have the forms that we use in our business, and it's a cloud-based training program that you can take at your own pace. You can find out more about it at creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com. But let's talk about additional sources of revenue in your self-storage facility and whether they're really worth it. You know, even in a managerless office, automated project, there are still add-on revenue streams that you can have that will make a big difference. What I'd like to do is in a minute show you an example of a project Now every facility we've had has different percentages. Our retail sales make up a different percentage of our income, but I want to show you a real life project. But no matter where the project is, what market or what the trade area is, it always starts at the same place. What is the population and what is the demographic of the people that live in the trade area of your self-storage facility? We look at what is the average income in the area? What is the average disposable income in the area? What is the renters to owners ratio in the area? What's the education level in the area? And that will inform us to a large degree what add-on revenues that we may consider for the area. In in reading about add-on revenues, I read a lot about income streams such as wine storage, pack and ship services, mailboxes, photo reproduction services, record storage services, package lockers. Now all of these are great. The only one I've ever really been involved with of that particular list is the record storage. We'll talk about that later, but mostly in the trade areas where we own our facilities, the demographics really don't point to that there's a big need for pack and ship services. We've never done wine storage at one of our facilities because our typical customer doesn't invest a lot of money in expensive wine and need a place to house it. If they do, typically they do it at their own home. Now, I'm not saying those services aren't good. It's just that we've never been able to utilize them because when we look at our trade area demographic profile, we don't see a lot of wine consumption going on. Now we're contemplating doing an upscale boat and RV development. We'll have some add-on services that are pretty high-end like concierge uh, cleaning services for boat and RVs, dumping stations for boat and RVs, a lot of we'll fill the RV up and have it ready to go when someone shows up, those type of things, but that customer fits a very different demographic profile than the average customer in our typical self-storage facility. So mostly, we have done and stuck with the bread and butter add-on revenue streams that are very typical of a self-storage facility so what are these add-on revenues i'm talking about let me show you a fairly crude screenshot of a PL for a project we sold in late 20 i think or early 2021 this was our 2019 uh, kind of the last full year before the pandemic hit so it seemed to me that would be the probably the most accurate one to look at in prior to selling it but let me show you here is the income portion of the year in p P&L for for that facility now this is a large facility but you can see we don't have any unusual add-on revenues So, first of all, don't overlook fees. Just normal fees. You can see that we didn't have any unusual fees. We had administration fees. We our facilities will typically charge $10 to $25 Move-in fee or administration fee. We have late fees. Our late fees are in line with whatever state lien laws and the state laws we have. I think we can charge up to five percent or twenty dollars, whichever's more. I forget exactly in this state what the, what the regulation was, but it was right in line with what the state has set. For late fees, we include our lien fees in the late fees, and you can see only about 2% of our income that year for that facility came from fees when you look at these offering memorandums often it's much higher than that now at other our other facilities that are smaller this was a rather large facility but other facilities are smaller the number might not be as high as it was here but the percentage is a little higher but two percent nothing extraordinary but that two percent accounted for twenty-four thousand one hundred and fifty dollars worth of fees, late fees or fees for that year in that facility. Now when we sold that project, what I like about fees is buyers, appraisers will cap that at the same level they cap storage rental income. So when we sold that facility, the fees they the buyers looked at the 2019 year in pnl they also looked at the trailing 12 pnl in the fees that we had in that that sale accounted for 482,997 of the sale price that we had that 2% of our income coming in in those fees counted for almost half a million dollars in the sale price yes we sold at the peak it had a low cap rate but that's a real life example and you can see we didn't have any extraordinary fees there two percent we charge administration fees we charge cut lock fees we'll charge uh if somebody bounces a check there's a fee We charge a reservation fee. Nothing out of the ordinary. Don't overlook fees. Charge them no matter how insignificant they may seem to you. They add up and they make a real difference as we look at the overall value of your self-storage facility. Retail sales. Now, I'd sell TVs if people would buy them from me but mostly we just sell moving and uh, storage items in our the retail portion of our self-storage facilities. In episode 345, I talked about how I use locks to enhance all of our retail sales throughout that facility. And I also, there'll be a link to the 5KPI, an ebook on running a storage facility that's, that we use. Uh, This is our process and what we keep our eye on as we run it. It shows you how we measure retail sales in our facilities and how I can compare a large facility like this to a smaller facility that we own and get in apples to apples of how the retail sales look in relationship to our move-ins. But in this facility, you can see... The retail sales only accounted for about 1.1% of our revenue, as a percentage it's lower than most of our facilities. But it accounted for almost $15,000 worth of income. Can you use $15,000 at retail sales at your facility? Granted, a large facility. Now, we usually have about a 57% profit margin across the board on all of our retail sales. So with that 57% profit margin, and you look at what the buyer paid us for that facility and add that income stream from the revenue sales, those revenue sales accounted for approximately $171,000 of our, of the sale price, the net, profit on the sale of our retail items accounted for almost $175,000 when we sold the project. Are retail items worth it? You bet. Even in a manager list, totally automated facility, you can sell retail locks. You can sell locks out of uh, a kiosk or you can have a vending machine that sells locks. Now, let's talk about tenant insurance. In episode 342, I talked about tenant insurance. Now, at this facility, we had really just started implementing in 2019 this is one of our last ones because it was so full and had so many legacy customers this is one of the last ones that we started making tenant insurance mandatory but you can see in this facility we only had about ten thousand dollars worth of tenant insurance sales for the year 2019 but those tenant That cash flow right there accounted for over $200,000, or right at $200,000 of the sale price that we got when we sold that facility, with only $10,000 worth of tenant insurance. Now, I've been preaching about truck rental since I started learning out loud about the self-storage business, and since I wrote the book, Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage back in 2015. Now, here's a good example of why. Now, this facility had great exposure. It was an older facility. I mean, it was built around 2000, just a single-story suburban, typical drive-up self-storage facility. Only had about 12% climate control, but it was, uh, we had a lot of parking, but it was a typical self-storage facility. Nothing unusual about it. We did have some good exposure. But as you can see, that year we generated around $53,500 worth of U-Haul income. That was be one of our best years. We have had bigger years than that. But in 2019, that was what we generated. Now, yes, truck rentals are a hassle. Truck rentals take a lot of time truck where sometimes you deal with customers who were upset about their truck and it has nothing to do with self-storage and we're in the self-storage business I hear all that but that $53,500 went straight to our bottom line we already had the managers there in fact we used that money to help bonus our managers didn't have to come out of our rental income now the good news is buyers and appraisers will value that fifty three thousand five hundred dollars just like they did our storage rental income that because we had truck rental there we got in our sale price one million seventy thousand dollars of that sale price came from that truck rental income was it worth the hassle you bet now we use u-haul you, we just made the business decision to use U-Haul. There's other great truck companies out there and I've rented from them, especially when I needed lifts. But we chose U-Haul simply because A, they have about 50% of the market share. B, they typically are the least expensive trucks to rent. Yes, their equipment's not as good often. It's kind of banged up and beat up. But for us, it works very well. Now, I said I'd talk about record storage. I have done record storage. I don't like record storage. And primarily, I didn't like record storage. This is just me. I'm not saying it's bad. It's a great business. But record storage, what I found out, at least as I was running it, it was a it's a business-to-business endeavor. Self-storage is a business-to-consumer endeavor. Also, with the record storage, as we grew it, it. I ended up having to hire more employees, I had to deliver files, I had to pick up files, pick up boxes of files, you're running a whole separate business. We had a separate operating system for it, I ended up with delivery vehicles, it was a lot more capital intensive and employee intensive than self storage was. And when the recession hit in 2008, I happened to be in the record storage business then, that really slowed down. Record storage was nowhere near recession-proof. It was a B2B endeavor, B2B business. So uh, when businesses slowed down, that business slowed down. So I'm not saying it's a bad add-on revenue stream. Just be aware, it's, a, it's like adding another business into your self-storage business. Yes, it can be profitable, but it's just a different animal. All the other add-on revenue streams we've been able to run with the personnel that we would normally hire for a self-storage facility. So if you're considering record storage I'm not the guy to talk to. But in conclusion I hope you begin to see that even though and I chose this facility yes it's big and the numbers are bigger but as a percentage our add-on revenue stream wasn't out of line. I mean it wasn't a you know, high percentages. This was one of the lowest percentages for fees of any uh, project that we owned at the time. But even with that low percentage, those add-on revenue streams we just covered accounted for $2,163,000 worth of the sale price that we got when we sold that project. It was about 15% of the sale price, so put a lot of thought into your, to your fee structures, your add-on revenue streams that you're going to add. They will create a lot of value over the long run, and they add cash year in, year out to your self-storage project. I hope this has helped. My name is Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self Storage, and I'm the creator of the Storage World Analyzer. And in the Storage World Analyzer, on the income page, after you enter the unit mix or the square foot, square footage, and the per square foot income, there's a place where you can add additional revenue sources. And these are the ones that we typically will add as we're creating our cash flow projections for a self storage opportunity. So if you're using excel great but i invite you to really explore the analyzer thank you very much and i look forward to being with you next week